All right, good morning. Good to see everyone here today. Trust you've had a good week. Do please uh, be in prayer this week for the Carnes as they head down uh, south for uh, the funeral. Uh, a couple other things I wanted to mention before we begin uh, this morning is um, last week we mentioned uh, the need for some money for the rent and <clears throat> you gave more than $800 additional to what we normally take in. Uh, so just wanted to um, thank you for uh, your generosity in meeting the needs that uh, you were aware of. Uh, please do pray for uh, Tim and Jack as they're heading out for go trips. That's this week, right? No, no, next week. Next week. Okay, so that's coming up soon. Um, please pray for them. Pray that things will come together. Uh, also, Sarah Perry is uh, down south looking after her dad. Um, he has a cancer diagnosis this week as well. Um, so do be in prayer for her, and if you get a moment, drop her a note. Let her know that you're praying for her. All right, let's go ahead and uh, go to the Lord in prayer this morning and begin our time with the Lord. Father, we ask for your help. This morning, as we listen to your word, seek to understand the truth of who you are and the effect it has on our lives this week, we ask that you would, by your Holy Spirit who lives in us, teach us, uh, comfort us, convict us, uh, draw us to yourself. That we would see you and enjoy you this morning and be equipped to rejoice in you throughout the week. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. We've been working through a series in Psalm 62 titled, God, Our Rock. In Psalm 62, uh, the lyricist there refers to God as his rock. And I've argued that there are certain things about God that make him like a rock, that the psalmist has in mind. Things that make him a source of safety and a source of strength and a source of stability. And I've summarized these things with three points that we have repeated over and over again because I want us to remember these as we go forward. The first one is God is wise. He knows what's best for me. Second, God is good. He wants what's best for me. And third, God is great. He can do what's best for me. Now, today, as we bring this series to a close, I want to address an important 
question, and that is, how do we get the benefits of God, our rock? How do we get these things that come from God being our rock? And we'll just introduce this with three points. First one is, God must be yours. It's just easy to assume, but we need to step back and see it. Psalm 62, verse 6. If you have your Bible, uh, open Psalm 62, verse 6. The psalmist says, He only is my rock. My rock. Um, God, in some sense, belongs to the psalmist. So sure, he knows what's best for me, and he wants what's best for me, and he can do what's best for me, sure. But here's the big question. Will he? Will he do what's best for me? On what basis could I be sure that he will? That this, this thing that David says for him is true for us. And the answer to the question, will God do it, is if. If. If you're good enough, if your righteousness is great enough, if your obedience is perfect enough, no. If. You are his. This is how it works. If you are his, then he is yours. If you are God's, then God is yours and he is your rock. You get to God through Jesus crucified. On your behalf, to pay the penalty of your sins and restore you to friendship with God, just as Jesus is God's friend. Will he? Yes, if you are his. Romans 8, 28 is a very familiar text, and yet this is where it belongs in our theology. We know, we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. This verse is not about our purpose, it's about his purpose. If you are one of those people who love God, who are called by God, for the purpose of being transformed by grace into the image of his son, Jesus Christ. He will. He will do what's best for you. He will work all things together for good. If not... You're on your own. 
If he's not your rock, then this isn't for you. Everything hangs on who, uh, on where you stand with God. Are you his? Is he yours? That's the first point. Second, if he is your rock, he is your rock. Right? He doesn't cease to be all that he is for you because you get something wrong. Because your faith isn't perfect enough or because you don't do it just right. The points I'm going to make today about, I'm going to give you two things that you need to do to enjoy the benefits of God as your rock, they're not necessary for him to be your rock. You could forget those points and not practice them and he will still be who he is. All right? If God is your rock, then he is your rock. And if you are God's, he is your rock, and you can depend on that. That's just reality. He won't change who he is for you. That's the second thing. Third, just because he is our rock doesn't mean we will feel or experience the benefits of that fact. Here's how it works. If we pretend it's not true, he doesn't know what's best. He doesn't want what's best. He can't do it. If we pretend those things, it's still true. But we're not going to feel the benefits of those truths. Right? So we won't feel safe even though we are. We won't feel secure even though we are. We won't feel our stability even though we're standing on a rock. And we won't feel the strength that supports us even though it is there and it does support us. So what we're talking about today is how to feel the benefit, to feel the benefits of what is true in who our God is. It doesn't make those things true. It just causes us to feel what comes from that. So, with those points in mind, how do we get the benefits of God our rock? Two points. The first one is know, and the second one is believe. It's very, very simple. If you have a Bible, uh, please turn to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. In order to feel the benefits of God as our rock, we need to know. And we began our series by asking the question, this is the very first sermon, what is it about God that makes him our rock? And this is what I told you. Who God is makes him what he is for us. Right? This is true of all of us. We act out of who we are. You... you, you you can't expect to be one kind of person and then act in a different way. Occasionally you might pull it off, but normally you don't just wake up one morning and start being a great employee, a great husband, a great person. You have to be it before it comes out. As a principle, God in his being is fully and 
internally consistent. He is integrated. He always acts out of who he is. So who God is makes him what he is for us. God is a rock. He doesn't be a rock. He is a rock. It's who he is. And so the things that the psalmist in Psalm 62 talks about coming out of that are not just he's sure God will do these things. He's sure God is these things. I told you that we will never understand how God's being our rock protects us until we know who God is. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 2, just a very simple greeting. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. So I want grace and I want peace to just sort of start multiplying to you. How? How does Paul say this is going to happen? Sorry, Peter say this is going to happen. He says, in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. The grace and peace is multiplied to us by knowing God and by knowing Jesus. This is, this is head and this is heart. It's knowing about God and it's knowing God. We talk about you know, knowing the king. Well, I know a lot of things about the king, but I've never met the king, right? I don't know him. I know him, but I don't know him. This is talking about knowing God. This way and this way. Grace and peace start multiplying to us when we get to know God. We start learning about who he is, and we start learning about who he is. If you don't know God, you won't find him comforting. If you don't know God, you will not experience him as a rock of safety, of security, of strength, stability. You just won't know him that way. If you don't No, God, if you want to feel the safety and security and stability that comes from having God as your rock, you must know God. And this is why we've spent three sermons just looking at God himself, just trying to get a quick overview of three key areas of who God is, the kind of a God we have. We talked at, about the wisdom of God. And that's a whole category of truth about God. And then the goodness of God. And again, a whole category. His kindness, His benevolence. I mean, we talked about His moral goodness, but there's so many other aspects. His grace, His mercy. That's all part of His goodness. And then we looked at the greatness of God last Sunday. Friends, we have just dabbled. We've just dabbled. We've merely splashed around in the shallowest shallowest wash as the waves spent their last strength over the sandy beach. Do you understand what I'm saying? It gets deeper. It gets wider. It gets wetter. Okay, we just barely got our toes wet. You know, we, we haven't gotten in to the water, right? We could swim in the ocean of the knowledge of God for forever. And never find the bottom. We 
Never cross the narrowest part. Never trace the shoreline because, like an ocean, it is incomprehensibly massive. But compared to God's magnitude, an ocean is a mere puddle. It's a puddle. Because God is infinite in all his excellences. I'm convinced that eternity will last forever because it will take that long to know God and exhaust our joy in Him. We'll get a billion years down the track and we'll say, I just need some more time. As yet, we have but dabbled. But we need to dabble more. We must dabble more. We must dabble often. We must dabble deeper. We must dive. Right? We must be in the Word in order to see and savor God. Not stories about God. Not theology. God person. We must, friends, we must do this. As the heart of the purpose of the Christian faith is to get us back to God, to know Him. Knowing isn't enough. You can know And it do us no good whatsoever. We must also believe. Your experience, the joy and peace that comes from having God as your rock comes through believing. Let me show you in the text. Let's have a look over at Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15. Make the statement I just made as we before we read this. Romans 15, verse 13. Your experience of the joy and peace that comes from having God as your rock comes through believing. Here's what the text says. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. How? In believing. Here's the thing. God is a God of hope. But you won't get that hope. You won't feel that hope. You won't get the joy that comes from it or the peace that comes from it if you don't believe. You're still safe. You're still secure. You're still stable. God is still your rock. But you're frazzled out of your mind. Because you just don't believe that God is who he says he is and that he will come through. 
Right? We've got, we've got this, this belief, like, yes, I believe God is good, but then there's the belief that comes when something bad happens. And the belief that, no, God is still good. He is still at work for good in, in this situation. In my life, He knows what's best. If He knew what's best, He wouldn't let this happen. No, He does know what's best. And so it's all good to know God is wise, and here, you have to believe it. It's all good knowing that God is good and He wants what's best, but when something happens and you just think, man, this isn't what's best for me. You know, God's out to get me. It's all great thinking, well, you know, I'm sure God wants what's best, but this is an impossible situation. You don't get the joy and you don't get the peace. Calm, not quiet. You don't get that unless you believe what you know to be true about God here. In this situation, in my life. He's still a God of hope. He's still a rock. But you don't get the benefit of that until you believe it. Psalm 62, we had at least two clues about this important thing. Psalm 62, let's have a look over there again. Verse 5 says, Psalm 62, verse 5, For God alone, O my soul... Wait in silence. For my hope is from Him. Right? So, I know who He is. He's the one who's going to bring hope. He's my only hope. (laughs) He is from Him. He's my hope. So, soul, wait quietly. Wait in silence. What's he doing? He's believing. He will come through. The enemies are on the attack. We saw that the first sermon when we went through Psalm 62. He's under attack. He said, I'm just going to, soul, I'm just wait for God because he's going to come through. He's going to be all that he is for me. I believe that. So just wait for him to do it. Down in verse 8, he says it even more explicitly. He says, trust in him. Just trust in him at all times. That word trust, that means believe. Have faith. Trust. In him. At all times. I know some things about my God. He's a rock. So just wait. Just trust. He is going to be who he is. When you do that, 
you get this silence, this quietness, this peace, this joy. Not because everything's going to turn out all right, I'm going to be happy, happy. I'm going to be rich, wealthy, and prosperous. That's not what's happening here. Because I have God. I have a God who is a rock. And I have him now in this situation. And he is wise. He knows what's best. And he is good. He wants what's best. And he is great. He can do what's best. That's my joy. I'm happy because I've got God. I know who he is. I believe it. I want to close this morning by reading the opening part of Psalm 62 again. Follow along in your Bible if you're there. Psalm 62 verse 1. For God alone my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock, my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be greatly shaken. How long will all of you attack a man to batter him like a leaning wall, a tottering fence? They only plan to thrust him down from his high position. They take pleasure in falsehood. They bless with their mouths, but inwardly they curse. For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence. For my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. On God rests my salvation, my glory, my mighty rock, my refuge is God. Trust in Him at all times. So people, pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us. Please stand with me. Now, as we do this one last time, join me please in affirming these truths, if you can. I'll say the first phrase, you say the second. God is wise. God is good. God is great. Let's remain standing as we pray. Father, thank you for being the kind of God that you are. Thank you that you are our rock. In a world that is chaos, in a world that is dangerous, in a world that is like a battlefield, projectiles heading in every direction. You are a fortress, a city set on a high place made of stone, impenetrable, immovable, unshakable. Father, teach us to dwell in you, to know who you are, to meditate on who you are, to study who you are, 
to work it into our mental DNA that you are wise and you are good and you are great and you are for us. Cause us, Father, to know that we are yours and you are ours. Teach us these things in the cross of Jesus Christ. We pray this in his name. Amen.